Okay, everybody, welcome back. Another episode, another week, the Figure It Out podcast with me, Chandler Collins. NFL Week 8 right around the corner. Cannot wait to get started on Thursday evening. Got the boys back with us for a very relaxed podcast. And we're going to have a lot of fun because the Chiefs don't play. You know, I think when the Chiefs play, I get a little anxiety on uh, on my mind, get a little nervousness, especially when we, when we sit down and do the pod. But won't have to worry about the Chiefs as they're on a bye for week eight. So a lot of good matchups. Johnny was saying something about there's some un, uh, some some matchups with losing records and only a few with some winning records. So it should be um maybe a couple stinky tags thrown around tonight. We'll see. Let's get let's hear from the boys here. Blaine, we'll start with you. How you doing, buddy? Good. You're real good. No Chiefs, like you said, which which is uh kind of sad, but I kind of like it. I really do. Feed up pod uh got myself a whiskey as i did last week chandler poured one too johnny just put the kid to bed we're we're just happy going right now johnny that's right yeah getting the kid to bed early ish is always a good thing um and i'm doing well guys again uh the bye week is a week that i've usually dreaded uh in the past but with the way the chiefs sent themselves into the buy in I'm um, like literally the best way possible. I'm just riding, riding high. I'm on cloud nine, um, chomping at the bit for the chiefs to get back on the field, but a great opportunity for them to get healthy and for us to just relax and talk ball. Yeah. So since this is the buy, let's do a quick little segment before we get into our takeaway from week seven. This is real fast. Maybe just a few thoughts, a couple thoughts here, maybe a record prediction. Uh, let's assess the chiefs briefly at the bye week here through the first – well, will be the first eight weeks of the season when they return. So, expectation uh, – John, I'll start with you. Maybe just your overall thoughts. Uh, I think they've exceeded my expectations. The Chiefs just had an, an unreal, difficult schedule to start the season. They came out of that 5-2. and two, um, And, you know, I'm a, the eternal Chiefs optimist – and before the season, that's kind of what I had the record at, uh, if not a little bit better. But in in all reality, um, it feels really good to be five and two. What I really like is, <laughs> you know, no Tyreek Hill, and this offense is still the best in the league. It is amazing to see Mahomes' rapport with Marquez Valdez-Scantling and Juju Smith-Schuster. Of course, we knew Travis was going to be there, but this is still an explosive offense. They have the most tw- most... 20 yard plays in the entire league. Um, and without Tyree kill, you know, people, people were kind of riding the chiefs off and it's still the same old chiefs. And we absolutely love them on the defensive side. Uh, of course, Nick Bolton's progression has been absolutely incredible. Uh, you would like to see the defensive backs as the season goes on uh, do a little bit better. They've been getting burned by some elite talent, but Hey, what can you expect from a team without Trent McDuffie and a whole bunch of, you know, rookies out there. Keep in mind, Jalen Watson's a seventh rounder and Joshua Williams, a fourth rounder. So, um, I think they've gotten through really the toughest part of their schedule and it's only up from here. And if they can get a little help from around the league, the one seed is not totally out of question, but, uh, yeah, I'm liking it right now, Blaine. I was I'm looking down this and I like the toughest game I think I see is at Raiders week. What is that? What is it? 18, I guess now that we're playing that many weeks in the NFL. Yeah. Other than that at Cincinnati is really tough, obviously. But, you know, some of these games got easier. Rams game got easier. Chargers game got easier. Jaguars got, you know, we'll see what happens in the next two weeks. I think they're better than they stink. 
No, I think they're better than their record. We'll talk about it. And the Titans is tough. I mean, next week we get them Sunday night football after a bye. One of your toughest games left happens to be after a bye where Andy Reid is really good. So I'm positive, very positive. Hell, I could see us losing two games. Hell, I could see us losing one. And uh, I really can see the Bills losing two or three and dropping some they shouldn't. They always do every year. And it, it might come down to the last game at, at Raiders. Yeah, I love it. Um, really well said. I really do like getting the Titans after the bye, too. I feel like that extra time, there's nothing that the Titans can do to really stop this offense. And uh, it should be a really, really fun game. Let's get the uh, let's get the takeaways from week seven since so you guys win. I'll start. Uh, my takeaway from week seven is kind of going off the back of what Blaine just said about the Raiders in week 18. I think I said it last week. They're the best one and four team in the league. And honestly, I know they played Houston, but I think they're really getting ready to right the ship. And I think I firmly believe after week seven that they are the second best team in the AFC West. That game against the Chiefs will be a very difficult game, um, especially because Chiefs, you know, maybe the one he's out of contention, you never know what's going to happen there, but Raiders could be fighting their ass off for a playoff spot. So um, that will be a very difficult game. Absolutely. That is my takeaway Raiders on the mend. I uh, hate to say it, but give respect when it's due. They are easily the second best team in the AFC West. Blaine, let's go to you. Yeah. I've got, I've, I'm going along the lines of, you know, like because the Raiders are good, and the record is bad. I mean, the disparity, I, I think we've talked about this a lot, but there was a stat I heard that had to be my takeaway was that two teams last week were favored by seven points and lost by 14 or more. I think that's the sixth time in the last like 700 NFL games that's happened. And it happened twice last week alone. And then there was a six and a half point favorite who lost by more than 14 as well. So you could even bump that number up to three. You don't know what's going to happen any week in the NFL right now. The craziness is off the charts. The talent is everywhere. The coaching is a toss-up in different locations. You don't know what you're going to get. I mean, Belichick got beat by the freaking Bears by 20-plus. How does that ever happen? You look across the league. Every week, I don't know. I, I mean, that's what I learned. I humbled the hell out of myself last week, and the disparity of the NFL is just ridiculous. That's so funny that I'm have to call an audible because that was my exact point. Um, I won't go any further, but it's no, it's great. Anybody, that means it's a great I mean, point. <laughs> yeah, anybody anybody can like anybody can win on any given Sunday, and you know we saw that earlier when the Chiefs lost to the Colts, and like people are like, well, how in the hell does that happen? The Chiefs are so much better, better than them, because anybody can win because PJ Walker can beat Tom Brady because Taylor Heineke can beat Aaron Rodgers. It's just the phrase any given Sunday um, is, is, is a real one. Uh, the thing that I'll, I'll audible to kind of piggybacks off of that Blaine. And it's that, you know, us fans, we can dedicate all the time that we want. Like the three of us, we 365 are thinking about the chiefs, reading about the chiefs, reading about this league. We don't really know anything. Like there's so much that we don't know. And the prime example is we'll get into this on both the teams, but Seattle's four and three. We all thought they were going to be a bottom five team. All you know when you think about the Seattle Seahawks is Russell Wilson. And we're seeing what's happening with Russell Wilson uh, in Denver. I've said this point before regarding talent. And like if a, if a guy becomes a free agent, 
and the team that he was on is willing to just let him walk. I'm not talking about trading him for draft compensation. I'm just saying if you're willing to let a guy walk, there's there's a reason for that. And we're seeing that Seattle was totally comfortable with Geno in the running game and the way that things were going and letting Russ go. And you, it, nobody would have known that. Nobody would have known that. And so, uh, yeah, there's just a bunch of stuff in this league that that we don't know and uh, we never will. And we can speculate all we want, but there's a reason that they call me Johnny Positive. It's just because I try not to lose my mind anymore. And I didn't always be like, I wasn't always like this. I used to get so mad about everything. Um, but, you know, we have no control and we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. So you kind of just got to take it for what it's worth and, and go from there. That's all I got. We love Johnny Positive. Let's get into week eight slate. Awesome slate starter. Thursday Night Football, Prime Video, Al Michaels at Herb Street on the call. Baltimore goes to Tampa Bay. And, boys, wow, Tampa Bay, uh, not very good last week and have not been very good throughout the season. Um, I look for Baltimore here to really kind of maybe even put it on them. Uh, Mike Evans, a little questionable, banged up with an ankle. Could really use him to play. He's in one of, a lot of my fantasy leagues. But um, Tampa is not good on offense. Um, and I think this Baltimore defensive line can get after Tom big time. Um, I don't think it's a good recipe. They can't run the football. Tom's going to have to make plays. And this secondary, I mean, it's it's pretty nasty. Uh, Baltimore's been – they have some crazy stats. Like they're one of the only teams in the league that have led for more minutes or whatever. It's, it's very an odd season. And I think Baltimore gets back on track here against Tampa. Let's start with Johnny. Yeah, this is a battle of teams that are like extremely injured, um, especially on the Tampa side. I've already seen this. No Carlton Davis, no Sean Murphy bunting, Antoine Winfield Jr.'s out, Cameron Brait, Russell Gage, offensive lineman, one of their guards, Luke Gedeke, I think is how you say it. He's also out. I mean, that's just on the Tampa side. Um, and, you know, Baltimore had a – they're another strange team. They had a weird game last week. I know it's AFC North football, whatever, but for – for what everyone had been saying, that Browns defense has been playing really poorly. And Lamar was not good last week. Nine for 16 for 120 yards, no touchdowns, no picks, very pedestrian. And Mark Andrews had zero catches. Um, very, very bizarre. Uh, so at least it's two teams name-wise. Um, that is better than what we've been getting recently on Thursday night football. But I'm not confident it's going to be that great of a game uh, Baltimore does not look like they're playing their best football I thought they were going to be much better than this but Tampa looks bad it's it looks bad in Tampa they are they are on pace to be one of the worst if not the worst rushing offenses of all time we saw that against Kansas City where they ran for like three total yards Tom is having to air the ball out downfield and it's just not connecting and you saw even when it does look like it's going to connect Mike Evans drops a breadbasket, oh. surefire, deep touchdown. And they were dead after that point in that game. So I love Baltimore plus one here. Um, the over-under is 46. I'm staying away from that. But I, I, I like Baltimore here. Um, and I hope I don't wake up on Friday morning telling myself, I cannot believe you bet against Tom Brady. I cannot believe you both bet Baltimore here. Give it to me. Give it to me. Tampa Bay, Tom Brady oh, at home Thursday night, God. favored by one. Vegas knows Tom Brady wins this football. Yes, their, their rushing game is bad. Um, 
Tom's been bad. Their offensive line's been bad. But, you know, they've been kind of banged up at wide receiver, haven't been able to get going really anywhere offensively. Can they get healthy? Maybe, maybe not. But I truly feel like if Mike Evans catches that touchdown pass, that's an entirely different game in Carolina. Yes. And when you look at it, Baltimore's pass defense, we talked about it early and it just got forgotten about. It's really bad. Bottom five in the NFL, no one in their secondary. You know, I have a hard time picking Lamar Jackson in a big spot and probably never will for the rest of my betting career. Uh, stick to me with that. Three touchdowns, four interceptions, as you talked about. I just, I, Tom Brady or Lamar Jackson in this situation where both teams are kind of questionable, it's, it's a no brainer for me. I'm going Tampa. Wow. I did not see that coming. Let's move forward to Sunday. Awesome, guys. We have a London game back. Too bad we're applying our first stinky tag of the slate. Game number two into the week eight slate. This game is stinky. The only saving grace it has is that it's on at 8.30, so we'll wake up to an awesome football game. But in terms of the actual game, ugh. Denver, first of all, horrible problems. I don't have any idea what's going on in Denver. And it really, it really just stems from one guy. And I'm pretty sure there is not a single fan of this human being in the entire world right now. He is this bad. That's Russell Wilson reports today of him stretching and doing all that shit or whatever he was doing on the airplane on their flight over to London. I, I think he's just a giant distraction. And we can talk about the football game all we want. But at the end of the day, he's a huge distraction to this Broncos team. Um, and they don't look locked in really, except for on defense. And I think this game could be like six to three or nine to six, something incredibly low scoring because the Broncos defense is really damn good, but the Broncos offense can't do anything. I'm going to take Jacksonville just because it's the AFC West rival. Um, that's my only, that's my only reason why Blaine. I'm going to take Jacksonville because I'm not betting on the Broncos. That's really my only reason. <laughs> I'm kidding. I, I, I truly think that Jacksonville's left a lot of games on the table this year. Um, Count it last week. You know, they're talented everywhere. This team is better than the record shows. And, I mean, obviously they're a favorite um, against a Denver team who's left a lot on the table. But I was looking at this EPA uh, chart, basically your efficiency of offense and your efficiency of defense and how it averages out per play. Jacksonville is, frankly – Amongst some of the best in the NFL in, in both of those categories put together as a team along there with um, trying to pull it up. But like you said, kind of top 10 in the NFL. They have left, like I said, lost games they shouldn't. I can see them getting right. They're a young team traveling. I love a young team traveling to London. I think they'll play well. Yeah, I mean, I, I hate Denver, so I'm going to bet on Jacksonville here. Remember, I've been saying, though, that Jackson – the Johnny Rowe Jags of old are dead. I hate, I hate betting on this team. Um, yes, they are. They are obviously better than their record, but against the spread, they also suck. So like I, it, this is such a tough one for me. Frankly, I will, I will try to stay away from this betting this game. What's going to be hard is it's going to be a standalone football game, right? When I'm a, like, you know, wake up in the morning and that's how I want to start my day with a little action on football. So I'll make that decision Sunday morning, but, you know, Russ says that he's, quote, ready to roll, so he's probably going to play in this game. Um, there's a report from Mike Florio who, you know, he's a booger, but uh, he he says he had a report that said that if Denver loses this game before their next game, 
they will trade Bradley Chubb. And now they won't trade him to Kansas City, but I'm just saying, like, if reports like that are coming out, like, things are not looking good. Like, if they lose this game, they'll – I mean, Nathaniel Hackett will, will be fired too. I mean, it's just – it's ba- it's it's horrible in yeah. – uh, in Denver right now, and and that's fine with me. Did you guys see this Russ story? So you talked about the plane one. There's a story that he he doesn't poop because he says it's a waste of time. Yeah. He has he has. I'm not joking. It's this. He's got to smell like shit. <laughs> he says that he doesn't. He has trained his body to just shit once a week because it wastes time, and he is. Obs- obsessed with not wasting timers anyways like this guy is the worst he is the worst in the world he's the the biggest nerd fart smeller booger in the entire world (laughs) and i'm not kidding you guys like i want to i want to bully russ like i want to like shove him in lockers and like put a trash can on his head and like call him a pussy like I cannot stand this guy. He 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 grinds my gears, and he 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 needs to lose this game because that would make me so happy. So um, without losing my mind, I'll take Jacksonville here minus two and a half. And the Jags are four and four in their career in London. They played a lot of games. Yeah, and also like to bring up the plane. Like we were talking about before we hopped on here. Just sit down. Like, what is that stretching really doing? Grow the fuck up. Like, nobody – that's so annoying for everybody on the plane. It's sleep, unbelievable. Sleep for six hours and then maybe stay up for six hours when you land. There's a, yeah. I mean, good Lord. Literally. Let's move forward to a battle in the NFC South, pardon me. Carolina Panthers, the winners of one in a row, are going on the road to take on the Falcons, who lost last week in Cincinnati. Um, another weird Falcons game where they like look like they're the worst team in the league, and then all of a sudden they can score as many points as they want to, but they did end up losing by a lot. Um, this is an interesting game because really what Carolina are we going to get? I mean, the one against Tampa seemed pretty damn good on defense and decent on offense. I mean, they put up 21 points against that Tampa Bay defense. I know that Tampa has a lot of injuries, but still. Um, but I think the Falcons at home here, I think they kind of get back on track. That is a tough, tough matchup for them going to Cincinnati um, last week. And I think back at home, I think they feel safer down there in the dome. I think they're going to run the ball. And uh, I think Mariota can win this game. Blaine? Yeah, one thing that – I mean, I said it last week, horrible, horrible matchup for Atlanta at that time. I, I think I might have said that Joe Burrow was going to throw for a billion yards and threw for 480, I think. Yeah. Um, last week. So nailed that on the head. But this week, I just see it differently because PJ Walker had his best game as a quarterback in the NFL. Probably he will ever have last week. Atlanta, you know, like you said, they did get banged up even during the game versus Cincinnati. But, I, you know, they lost three D-backs during game. And I, I just don't see PJ Walker being able to capitalize on that. I don't see Carolina being able to run the ball like they did last week against Tampa. Chuba Hubbard, awesome game. Freeman, awesome game. But Atlanta has a really good rushing defense. And with all that being said, six points for this Atlanta Falcons team is too much. So I I really (laughs) – I'm torn. I'm going Carolina. Wow. Well, I don't know where the hell you're getting six. My book says it's four. Six is way too many. Oh, it must have changed. It changed. So it opened at six or seven, and now it's down because people are putting money on Carolina. Okay. Because I I like 
Atlanta at four. And like, I'll change mine to Atlanta at four too. Yeah, definitely. Because I would be with you there. Six would be way too much for this Atlanta offense, which is just ridiculous. I want to say first, though, what a run for the Johnny Rowe Falcons. They started the year 6-0 and against the spread. Blaine, you nailed that last week. And really, it wouldn't have mattered. They they could have been playing the Bills, and I would have bet. The Chiefs, and I, you know, I would have wanted to bet the Falcons there. Just, just, just to let it ride, I'm not kicking them off yet. If they screw me on the money this week, they will be dead to me like the Jaguars. But I will bet the Falcons here. But here's one thing that makes no sense, guys. There were points in the game for the Falcons against – Cincinnati, where they were down 21-0, which to start the second quarter, like one or two plays in, they were down 21-0. Then again, the second quarter, they were down 28-7. to So it's a three-score game. They only threw the ball 13 times. That makes – I mean, it's just absolutely absurd. Arthur Smith, their coach, is just not – I mean, they are just going to run. And it's just that would be really frustrating if you were a Kyle Pitts or a Drake London owner in fantasy. It would just make it just makes no sense because these are freak athletes and they're just not going to throw. Um, yeah, Mariota was eight for thirteen with one hundred and twenty four yards, one touchdown, zero interceptions. I mean, I just don't I don't understand how uh, that's your approach. But I think this is this is going to be the letdown, and you're going to be reminded what why PJ Walker was in the XFL or why he's been a backup. No shot at him. He did have a great game, but it was two touchdowns for one hundred and seventy seven yards. So, like, you know, uh, Chuba Hubbard was nursing an injury. I don't know if he's going to play. If they do have him and Deontay Foreman, that's huge. But um, I just think the four is where I want to go, and I want to bet the Falcons again in a game that stinks. Yeah. Yeah, this one does stink. Chicago goes on the road to take on Dallas at noon in Big D. Interesting matchup here after what we saw from the Bears on Monday night. How much stock? Are we going to put into that? Um, they seem to have figured out a way to utilize Justin Fields, and he's a good runner of the football, but this Dallas defense is another level. Uh, this Dallas defense is a lot better than the New England Patriots defense, in my opinion, who hadn't been playing that bad up until that point, but I can't believe what I saw on Monday night. Um, this da- I, I, I lean Dallas here because I, I truly think that it all happens on the defensive side of the ball for Dallas. It's a part of my voice crack. But Micah Parsons is going to wreck this Bears offensive line. They're not going to be able to do anything about this. I think Justin Fields is going to be under duress the entire day. And I think Dak does just enough to uh, get this Cowboys a win at home. Johnny? Really wish Blaine was going first on this one because I'm torn. Because the Bears, who we all know are not very good, had the performance of a of a season of a – for one of the best performances in franchise history last week. Uh, the line, I think, closed at eight or eight and a half on the on the New England side. And, you know, I was all over New England and the under and totally wrong. Bears in the over hit. And I can live with that because I think what I picked was the logical thing. And we've, as we started this podcast off, illogical, crazy things happen in this league. And shout out to the Bears Shout out to Eberflus for outcoaching Bill Belichick in all three phases of the game. I don't think Dallas is that great. They didn't look great last week. They were down six to three, I think, at halftime to the Lions. Ended up, you know, winning by a lot more than that. But um, I don't know. I, I, I really have no idea here, Blaine. I'm going to just say 
I'll take Dallas minus nine and a half in it. Like maybe this is what we thought should have happened against New England, who had a bunch of other stuff. You know, the weather wasn't great. The quarterback situation wasn't great. I'll just take Dallas here minus nine and a half because I I just can't bet on the Bears anymore. Maybe I just won't bet this game. Also, shout out Burner. Go ahead, Blaine. Yeah, I mean, how the hell did the Bears beat Belichick by that much? It, I, we, we were talking about it before we got on because we were so shocked. Like, it, it just didn't make sense. And Dallas, like I, like you said, Johnny, if Dallas is playing anyone else here, I'm betting against Dallas. With, you know, Dak looked okay, but he forced the ball into places and just, you know, wasn't quite there yet. Dallas just riding their defense. That's their formula. And I just with this game, I think they can ride their defense and keep that formula and continue to win football games, at least for this week against Chicago. But man, watching that Chicago game, you got to feel good about them coming off some extended time and their coaching staff being able to put up a game plan against the best coach in the NFL and doing what they did. Can they do the same thing with Dan Quinn's defense? I mean, that offense put up a lot of points. So if, if Chicago can scheme it up, as they showed they're able to last week, I love Chicago, but I just – I really don't know. I, I really don't know, and I'm okay saying that because of our point at the start of this podcast. Yeah, this – I think this is one of those games that we've gotten to here that is just like anything can literally happen in this game. It could be a Dallas blowout. It could be a Bears close win. I, I don't know. It's going to be an interesting game. And honestly, that matchup, I would have told you it was kind of stinky. But after Monday, I don't think it's stinky anymore. I think it's clean. I think I might have to tune into that one. Going forward, Miami goes to Detroit. Interesting matchup. I feel like we haven't seen this matchup in a while. Um, Miami wins on Sunday Night Football against Pittsburgh. But, guys, I was not that impressed with this Miami team. Um, even with Tyreek and Jalen Waddle, I know they're putting up good numbers, but still, I just don't – something about it doesn't feel right. I mean, maybe it's Tua, but I think he's been playing better in spots, um, and I think that they can – I think that they are just better overall than the Lions. Awesome time for them to play the Lions. I feel like Lions are super down. Um, I, I, I really think Miami can win by two scores here, Johnny. So with Tua, they just win. They're 4-0 this year with Tua. They're like 10-2 and in their last 12 with Tua. I'm not a big Tua guy. Those are just that's, those are just the facts. And like we said uh, last week and even on their bye week, I'm done giving serious consideration to the Detroit Lions. They're a pathetic waste of time. And uh, I, I just can't. I, I literally have a, a note here that, Dear God, the Lions stink out loud. That's what it says. I just can't. I, 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 you know, I like Dan. I like uh, Dan Campbell, but they're just not a good football team. I'll have a hard time putting money on them. So I like, I like Miami minus three and a half here. Tyreek leads the league in receiving seven hundred and seventy-three yards. Nobody else has over seven hundred. Um, but if you're a sick fuck, uh, Lions plus 160 on the money line. And the only reason I bring that up, Blaine, is because the Dolphins haven't beaten the Lions uh, since 2006. Nice. And yet, to us, that doesn't, you know, to us, we're, tw- we're in our 20s. doesn't sound like that long ago. It was 16 years ago. And uh, <laughs> this is funny because Dan Campbell scored a touchdown for the Lions in that game. And here he coaches them <laughs> against the Dolphins. So. Uh, we've seen a lot of those stats, Blaine, this year of like, you know, so-and-so hasn't beaten so-and-so in eight, ten matchups or whatever it is, and that's continued some of the time. So 
if you're a sicko and you want to bet the Lions money line plus 160 there, but I'll take the Dolphins minus three and a half. Yeah, Go I remember ahead. we – Go ahead. So, Go ahead. Sorry, Lions. What was your note again? I'd li- I like to hear the note again about the Lions. You have it written have, down. The, the do- oh. <laughs> oh, oh, my God, the Lion. I have a lot of curse words in here, so I don't want to just ruin the pot. But basically it just says, oh, dear God, the Lions stink out loud. <laughs> I love it. Sorry, I'm going to cut you off. No, you're good. The Lions just, I feel like they haven't been able to stay healthy with the Milan Ross and Brown. And then Josh Reynolds didn't practice with the knee. DeAndre Swift looking, you know, kind of to be healthy, but Hawkinson's also didn't practice with the knee. So this is a game where I feel like last week, Tyreek Hill tweeted this too. He will be better. I think Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill against the secondary of the Lions can put up together some explosive plays and really kind of blow the doors off the Lions. I think a few big time plays just makes this game a large deficit. And I don't see the Lions being able to crawl back. Um, Dolphins points. What is it? Three and a half. Yeah. I like that. I'll go Dolphins. Real quick too. Sorry to jump in here, but like, this is why the Lions are are perpetually in the hamster wheel of mediocrity. I saw today that Jamison Williams is still like four plus weeks away. He's 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 fast and he had a great college career and he's a he has the potential to be a very dynamic weapon um, on this team. But even when they took him, I didn't really love that because like look, you knew you were going to be on hard knocks. You knew that this was a pivotal year in the Dan Campbell, um, you know, regime. Like, you knew you had some pieces, Swift, and you knew you had Amon Ross St. Brown and Hawkinson. You've revamped the offensive line, Penny Sewell, Frank Ragnall. Like, you knew that this was going to happen. Why did you take a receiver that you knew had a knee injury? You also spent money on DJ Chark. You also spent money on Josh Reynolds. This is why the Lions are a fucking stupid-ass organization, and their fans would say the same thing. Why wouldn't you have taken somebody – if you were going to go receiver, why didn't you take Chris Olave? 100%. And I just don't get it. You're, no, you're all in, and I totally agree with you that this is the year that you have to roll the dice because you believe in Dan Campbell if you truly do roll the dice because if you start one and five, you're done, and they have, and they're done. And Dan Campbell is now on the rumor mill, and you want to keep him, but you're probably not going to be able to if he loses the next few games – and the Lions are going to have to press restart, and they're never going to get back to it. Great point. Great point. Great point, but I disagree. I think Dan Campbell's there for a couple more years. I hope now. he is, but good Lord. Yeah, it, it is. That's a really good point. I mean, Alave's sitting there. How do you not take him? Arizona goes to Minnesota. Um, I'm going to have to break a mold here, and I really am not prepared to do it. But um, I'm going to take the Vikings, Blaine. Uh, first off, before I get into my real reason why I'm doing it, uh, Arizona, I think, just flat out stinks. Even though whoa, they're winning whoa, it. Whoa, 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 One second. I have heard you twice on this podcast throughout the eight weeks or how many weeks we've done it that said somebody, the host of the Figure Out podcast, Nick, I think his name's Chandler Collins, said he was never going to pick the Vikings. I know, and I'm going to take him. Um, that's a really good point, but I said I was going to break the mold and I'm going to stick true to it. And I'm going to take the Vikings this week because I think the Cardinals flat out stink. I was not even impressed with their win against the Saints last Thursday night. Um, and the real reason why I'm taking the Vikings too is because I'm actually streaming Kirk Cousins this week as Patrick Mahomes is on a bye. So I need a big day from the Vikings. Um, and I have Thielen too. So Kirk, throw that ball to Thielen all day, please. But um, this Vikings team at the end of the day is just better than them. 
Um, I really honestly do. I can't believe I'm going to say this too, but I'm feeling frisky tonight. I got a little whiskey in me. I would take Kirk Cousins over Kyler. <laughs> I would 100% take Kirk Cousins over Kyler. Um, I, I don't I don't love it, and I think it's the Vikings all day. Blaine, sorry, I think I went Johnny twice in a row. No, I respect your ability to swallow it. Sorry for to be that annoying guy that just has to say that, but I had. No, to. I mean you have you have the right. <laughs> I've definitely earned that. But I mean, like even without Kirk Cousins, when I look at this game, I really like what the Vikings did in the offseason to their defense, and it's proved to help them quite a bit throughout the year. Their front is going to be able to get after Kyler with you know Harrison Phillips and and Hunter and linebacking core Hicks, Kendricks, Zadarius Smith. They're, I mean, they're good up front and they're good in the back with Patrick P. Harrison Smith. I, you know, I, I think it's more so the Vikings defense can hold the Cardinals to uh, hell. I, you know, I might even take the Cardinals under points if there's a if there's a total for Cardinals points in this game and take that alternate. But just Vikings are better. Vikings are going to go on a run here, and and hell, I think they might be eight and one, nine and one here in the next handful of weeks. Can you guys hear me? It was cutting out for a sec. You guys got me? You're yep. good. Yep. Okay. Sorry, sorry about that. Uh, before I get into my take on this game, I have to. I was seeing red there for a second. Chris Olave went the pick before Jamison Williams. The point still remains. Jahan Dotson was on the board. Traylon Burks was on the board. Jordan Davis went the pick after. Why are you taking a receiver who you know is going to be out at least half of the season for the Detroit Lions going forward? Okay. Sorry. I had to get that corrected or that would have bugged me. I'm all over Minnesota here. Um, it it hurts me. I, again, I'm not as anti-Minnesota as in Kirk as Chandler, even though I don't, I'm not nearly as high on him as Blaine. Um, but I love them in this spot. Coming off of the bye, um, they're basically completely healthy. I think there's one guy who's on the injured report and he practiced fully. Um Here's an interesting stat for you guys. Arizona is 0-10 in Minnesota over the last 31 years. And I think Cliff Kingsbury is awful. I think it was nice for them to get DeAndre Hopkins back, but I love Minnesota minus three and a half here. Um, and if this means anything to you, the new Call of Duty apparently comes out this week. And so I wonder if Kyler will be jumping on the sticks before Sunday. Yeah, Um I would imagine so. I mean, it's a big day in the world of gamers. Um, I think it actually might already be out, too. Yeah. I, I really do think so. Came um, out last week. Kyler's probably played more Call of Duty than Chandler's played Madden this week. That's saying a lot. Yeah, that is true, and I play a lot of Madden. Um, let's move forward. Raiders <laughs> go on the road to take on the Saints. And before the season, Blaine and I would have definitely said the Saints are going to win this game, no problem. But the Saints right now are inept, in my opinion. Um Andy Dalton is not the answer, and yet he's going to be the starter again. I do not understand that. Why not roll out Jameis? I mean, unless he's still truly banged up, but all the things I've seen today was he was going to start um, for the Saints team. And I think that they need – I mean, I just question Andy Dalton's ability to get the ball to these receivers. Um, they have good weapons, in my opinion, but the Saints offense can't seem to get going, and the Raiders are going at the exact right time. Um, I do, however, believe that the Saints, yeah, they're plus one and a half at home. I kind of weirdly like that because I think it could be like a one. I swear the Raiders, no matter what, excluding last weekend, they're always in a one possession game and it's always a close score with them. Um, I'm going to take the Raiders to win. But I mean, if you're feeling frisky, I don't think that the Saints plus one and a half is a bad bet. Johnny? 
you know, my book's not even giving me this line because of the issues at quarterback. Maybe they'll update that as we go ahead. But I love the Raiders here. Um, one of the part of the reason I was out on the Saints two guys is because I I just think Dennis Allen is a coordinator. He's just a coordinator, and maybe there's some revenge here. He's seeking out right. He used to coach the Raiders when they were in Oakland. He coached them uh, for two full years and then was fired after going off and four to start the 2014 season. Um, but he's eight or he's 10 and 33 in his career as a head coach. And to me, that matters. Not that Josh McDaniels has had that much success, but when you're eight, when you're 10 and 33 uh, as a, as a career NFL head coach and you're starting a backup quarterback again, I I just can't put my money on you. So I'll take the Raiders minus one and a half, and I think they have a chance to blow them out. Yeah, I, I like the Raiders here too. And Johnny, I have written down here like what Dennis Allen just has had a horrible year. I mean, the Saints, I, I get their injury ridden. They've had some problems with Jameis and, and quarterback, and then obviously the wide receiving core has not been good. But why don't you start Jameis here if he's healthy? It, it doesn't make sense. I get that Andy Dalton had a pretty good second half, but he threw two INTs, two pick sixes, as a matter of fact, against the Cardinals, and you trot him out there again. What, you know, this, this Raiders team, no slouch, just put up a ton of points on the Texans. And if Jameis is playing, I don't think I have a pick here. With Andy Dalton, I love the Raiders. I'm going Raiders with three units. I mean, that's the top unit you give in a betting world. Three units Raiders, it's my favorite bet of the week. And how much does Tyron stink? He's making oh, business decisions out there, man. He's bad. He's secondary. God, I love that we've all been on that for a long time. It's an awesome, awesome thing to have under our belt. Um, an AFC East battle. New England goes on the road to take on the New York Jets. The 5-2 and two New York Jets? Am I saying that correctly, boys? 5-2 and two New York Jets? Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Um, New England, an absolute quarterback hell now. They mismanaged the Mac Jones, Bailey Zappi thing horribly. I do not understand why Belichick thought it would be a good idea to. If you start Mac Jones, in my opinion, that's fine, but you got to ride him the whole game to take him out after two or after that pick to Brisker. I mean, that's talk about a confidence just killer. And the team really kind of felt they kind of tried to come alive for a second, but then ultimately, Bailey Zappi's not maybe not the answer either, especially against. You're going up against a much better defense than this Jets team. This Jets team's playing with a lot of confidence right now. I think I'm all over the Jets this weekend. No problem, in my opinion. Blaine, do you disagree? I don't know, man, because I'm not all in on the Jets by any means necessary. I truly think the Jets are a mediocre football team who have won games through, you know, some turnovers late and just – you know, been able to run the ball. Brees Hall has been amazing. And who do you not have? You don't have Brees Hall here. So the reason Vegas is doing this, favoring New England, is because they feel like Belichick can shut down Zach Wilson in that offense. And I, you know, I kind of believe that. But then I look last week and they gave up a 40, almost 40 to Justin Fields. So I don't know what to think. So my mind's all over the place with this game. Jets are the hotter, younger team. Mac Jones is going to trot out there for New England. Do I have confidence in him? Yeah. I mean, there's question mark after question mark after question mark. And I guess I'll go Jets. And it goes against every word I said. I said, I told myself at the start of this week, 
before I even looked at who was playing or the lines that I'm not picking the Jets for the next three weeks because I think they're going to go on a downturn. But here we are. They're playing the Patriots after they got beat by 30. You know, come on. Um, Jets, I guess. What's the over-under here? Do you have that? My book, when there's quarterback controversies, my book doesn't really give it. So do you have an over-under? 40 or 40 and a half. I'm seeing both of those. I mean, if there's anything I want to bet, it's the under there. But I, I don't know, man. Like, this game stinks. I have no interest in this game. And I, I actually think this could be where we see Zach Wilson getting into some trouble. So uh, I, I'm I'm sorry, guys. I don't have much prepared on this game. I don't like it at all. And I think it could be a bounce back spot. Wasn't there a stat earlier like Belichick hasn't lost yeah. two in a row in a long time or something like that? So if I were if I were to have, you know, for the pod content, I'll take New England minus two and a half in the under. You know, I think I'm going to flip with you, too, now that you think about it. You know, Belichick's not going to be that bad back to back weeks. And I'm going to ah, here know, goes the flip. Yeah, yeah I'm, flip, I'm, flip, 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 but I'm also sticking to my Jets and the fact that they're going to go on a tear downward. Um, just watch it happen. Okay, any other takes you want to stick with that you've reversed already? Or <laughs> I, I opened the pod saying I didn't know, so Maybe full I'll, disclosure. I'll give you time here to, to take back that you think Kirk Cousins is good. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm pretty strong on that one. Okay, let's move forward. Battle of Pennsylvania. Didn't think you've heard that before. Normally a preseason matchup. I feel like these two teams being in the same state don't play that often. I know that it's AFC, NFC, but um, interesting matchup here. Before the season, at, at this moment, I think this is a potential blowout spot for Philly. First off, the city of Philadelphia is on an absolute tear. Philly's in the World Series. Eagles hosting their in-state rival, who they're far superior than. I think this matches up very well for the Eagles. Their defense is nasty. Jalen Hurts is going to be able to do a lot of things against his Steelers defense. It's reeling. And I think it's Eagles all day. I, I even with plus ten and a half, I think the Eagles win by fourteen or more. I really do. Johnny, are you first here? I think so. Yeah, I, I'm on the same uh, path there as you, Chandler. I think the Eagles can blow them out here. Yeah, coming off the bye, trading for Robert Quinn, and I just have Steelers yuck right yeah, here. Yeah, they are. I mean, yuck. it's it's just yuck, man. Like a lot, a, a very prideful bunch. Like if you want to see. If you want to see the definition of Steeler football, just watch Cam Hayward out there. I have a lot of respect for Cam Hayward. Um, but offensively, it is truly inept. Najee Harris looks like his feet are in cement out there. I mean, and he's not elusive, and that's a first-round pick that they had. And Kenny Pickett has played in four games. It's really only about three games of, like, clock time because one time he subbed in for Trubisky the other time he got hurt so in about three games of clock time two touchdowns seven interceptions it's not good enough now he's young and he's played some good teams this is another good team and I just think this has a similar feel to that Buffalo game where they got blown out and so I I, I rarely bet on teams when you know home favorites by 10 plus that makes my skin crawl but similarly to how I felt about Dallas last week, I think Dallas against Detroit was like minus seven. I, I just like this one here. I'll say one thing nice about the Steelers, though, um, and it, it hurts me. 
But George Pickens looks really good. Six for 61 and a touchdown last game. Caught all six of his targets. It'd be nice to see Mahomes throwing him the ball, but it is what it is. Philly's got to slip at some point. They've got to somewhere. 6-0, and they get Steelers, Texans, Commanders, Colts, Packers over their next five. I mean, and then after that, they get Titans, Giants, Bears. <laughs> I mean, that's a that's a run where they should blow everybody out. They're not going to blow everybody out. And I think after a bye this week where, you know, I, I don't put anything on the Quinn. I, it, it's, it's disregardable. I think the Steelers had a pretty good performance against the Dolphins last week defensively, and especially against those weapons. They really didn't show up very well. I, you know, I like the Steelers to limit Philadelphia a little bit more than we're anticipating. Ten and a half is a ton of points in the NFL. I'm going to pick the Steelers to cover, not to win. I, I don't think they're capable of doing that with Pickett and the reasons that you guys said. But I'll go ahead and take the spread here. I think it'll be a mucky, yucky game. And uh, Steelers cover. Okay, wow. AFC South battle. Tennessee travels to Houston um, in a game that – is very confusing uh, and could quite potentially be stinky, but I think it has a little intrigue just to see it. Like, I think if you're a Chiefs fan, you're watching this Titans game pretty closely. Just get a little early week scout, uh, might as well. I mean, it's going to it's at the 305 spot, so there's only four other games on at the time. Um, if it was at noon, I it's a little stinky. Err, but um, Tennessee, I think here is just the better team. Houston, I know they're going to scrap this around. This is going to be a scrappy game. Um, AFC South rivalry, as I mentioned already, but I think Tennessee at the end of the day has the best player on the field on Derrick Henry. Um, Houston, I think Tennessee's defense is is a, I would say it's about average. I don't think it's anything crazy, but I think it's good enough definitely to stop the Texans and Davis Mills. Um, I'm t- I'm Titans here pretty heavily, Blaine. Yeah, I'd have to go Titans too. I I would love to see them blow out. Uh, just for the Chiefs' sake, get a blowout win before they go to Arrowhead Sunday night, and and that'll be an awesome game. But, you know, something about me wants to take the under. Well, this under's 40, so it's a very low. The one thing about Tennessee is they just – man, they they really struggle to throw the football, like, mm-hmm. horrifically. And if Santa one Hill, thing – walking boot. Yeah, if one thing that the Texans can do well, well, it's not stopping the run. They're one of the worst in the NFL is stopping the run. So both sides of that just kind of smell um, that it, that if the Titans can't throw the ball and that Tannehill is in a walking boot, I think Malik in that rushing game can get going, and I think they beat the Texans. Weird game, but, yeah, I, I agree. I'll go Texans. Titans. Or Titans, mine, favored by two at Houston. Excuse me, yeah. sorry. Okay. Um, I'm just giving away my notes here, I guess, on this podcast. Give it to us. <laughs> my note here says, I hate the AFC South. I can, dude, the AFC South is awful. These teams all stink. And what makes me hate them even more is that it seems like Mahomes, like if there's been any struggling that he's had, it's kind of been against the AFC South. So it's just like an, an anomaly. It makes no sense to me. Um, but, yeah, this matchup is going to be gross. If there's one trend, we don't talk about this much, but um, for, like, the last seven, eight years, I've really, I've really only gotten into, like, betting on lines on the game and, and, and spreads and all that stuff over the last couple of years. But for, like, the last seven or eight years, I've played, like, a lot of daily fantasy. So, like, DraftKings, maybe a little bit of FanDuel. One of the trends over the last – 
three, four years, just start the running back who's facing the Texans. Just do it. So if you're playing daily fantasy out there, I know he's going to be expensive depending on the platform that you're on. But start Derrick Henry here. I think he runs all over the Texans. And you guys know how I feel about the Titans. I think that before the year, my flag plant was that they're not going to make the playoffs. The way the season is gone, that looks like it's going to be wrong. But I still do not think they're very good. They only put up, like, what, 19 points last week against the, the Colts. It's just not very good. Although I will say there was one real feel-good moment. I like Mike Vrabel, and there's a lineman they have named Ben Jones. And Vrabel and him were, like, hugging each other basically in tears after the game because Ben Jones has been battling a bunch of injuries. He's like a you know good old Southern boy. Vrabel likes him. And there was a play with like maybe two ish minutes left in the game that iced the game for the Colts or for the, uh, for the Titans basically where he, he picked up Derrick Henry and carried him for like 10 yards. And just to see that kind of stuff, like, you know, Vrabel gets that out of those guys. And while I don't think the ceiling is high on the Titans, I think it's good enough to get the job done here. I've got the line at one, one and a half, but it could be, a lot more than that, and I would take the Titans here. The, the Texans suck. It also scares me, though. This line is low. I get it's a it's it's a division. Titans Texans is usually somewhat close, but man, I feel like Tennessee should be favored by a little bit more than this, and and that just scares me because Vegas usually knows. But we'll see, yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and announce this is a stinky game before I even announce what the matchup is. The Washington Commanders go on the road to take on the Indianapolis Colts. Stop me if you've ever heard this quarterback matchup before. Taylor Heineke versus Sam Ellinger on Sunday afternoon in Indy. Uh, I'm going to continue to talk because I know nobody can stop me. You've never heard that before. We'll see it for the first time on Sunday afternoon. Sam Ellinger making his NFL debut as a starter um, with Matt Ryan's injury. I'm putting up air quotes there. Sam Ellinger named the starter for the rest of the year. Colts, I don't I don't know what they want to do in terms of moving forward. I mean, it's it's gonna be very interesting for this team where they fall in the draft, who the quarterback would be available there. Cause I think they got a draft quarterback in this in this draft coming up. But at the end of the day, I'm taking Taylor Heineke and the commanders, pardon me. I just think that Taylor Heineke has more experience. I think in this situation, I think he has better weapons. He can throw the ball around the yard a little bit. Colts are just they're just so boring. Both these teams are pretty boring, but I'm going to ride the commanders because I actually have them making the playoffs. And right now in the NFC, you really don't know who's going to make the playoff seeds. Hell, two through seven, in my opinion. So who knows? We'll stick with it for the pod. But I do have the commanders this weekend, uh, I think, kind of easily. Johnny? Can't believe Washington's uh, dogs here in this game. Um Ew, this is gross. I mean, I don't. How do you buy a ticket to go watch this kind of thing? I think, uh, I think that the Ellinger thing is good if you're a Jonathan Taylor fantasy owner. If you're a Michael Pittman and Alec Pierce owner, I think it's bad. Um, and we'll see. I, you know, I could be wrong there, but I mean, Matt Ryan was slinging the thing. Not, not great, but he was at least throwing the ball in those guys' direction. And I don't know what to expect at all from Sam Ellinger throwing the ball. So just the fact that I can get Heineke, a guy who's, you know, not 
His ceiling is also not very high, but he, he he's getting some points here. Is something that I like. And I told you guys last week, I was like, say what you want about Heineke. He goes, he, when he goes out there, the other guys want to go to war with Taylor Heineke. Like they, they want to, and you can see Terry McLaurin loves this guy and there's an established rapport there and the Colts defensive backs aren't very good. So I, 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 if he can get matched up on somebody other than Gilmore, I think he could have some success playing. And um, I, I, I like Washington here and it's, is Frank Reich, you know, is Frank Reich the guy? We talked about this before, but like obviously Jim Ursay is getting frustrated with the way things are going. But at the same time, they've had a new quarterback every year and it's been an old washed guy. So I, what do you think? Help me out here. Yeah, I, um, you know, I just think with, with Chris Ballard is, and Frank Reich with, with Jim Ursay, they have been horrific. I think it needs to be said, and I think it needs to be known across. Well, it just got known by the fact that they pulled Matt Ryan after making that move post Carson Wentz for this to happen. I, I mean, I said it last week when predicting the Indianapolis Colts um, for Matt Ryan to be horrible. He threw for what three touchdowns of his six of the year two weeks ago, and then last week put an absolutely horrific performance together. And now, yes, like you said, he got benched for the rest of the year for a good reason. This is better for the Colts. Sam Ellinger is better than Matt Ryan, but it comes down to more of that. This offensive line and this running game for the Colts has not been what they promised Matt Ryan or what these owners thought that the Colts were going to be. And so when you look at this, does this make them get back on track? Moves like this tend to go well in the NFL for, for a rhyme or reason or not in the locker room. But Terry McLaurin was awesome last week. He had some huge plays, seemed to be a lot better with um, Heineke than he was with Wentz. And this um, this Washington core has a chance to get going a little bit, and I don't think they stop. I I don't believe in anything Indianapolis is doing, and I, I'm a firm plant that for the next three or four weeks, Colts just, I'm not betting them. Moving to California, San Francisco travels south to take on the Los Angeles Rams um, after getting their butts whooped by the Kansas City Chiefs. I want that on the record this week as well. But um, Rams coming off a bye, I believe. So an interesting spot here. They got to do a lot of scouting, obviously, watching uh, the game last week and how to attack Jimmy G. I think that will play a huge factor into this. But Shanahan has owned McVay uh, throughout their coaching careers or head coaching careers. Um and I think that this Niners team is just a few guys back away from being really good. I mean, you get McCaffrey a full week of practice before going into one of your biggest rivals. I think they lean on him heavily. Um, Debo a little questionable, I believe, um, with a hamstring or something like that. So monitor that for the fantasy people. But I don't think anything that the Rams have done this year convinced me that they can beat the Niners here. Um, I think that this – I mean, the, the Niners' pass rush wasn't necessarily the best it's been against the Chiefs, but that's because they're going up against a damn good offensive line. Uh, the Rams' offensive line is horrible, and I think Stafford's going to be under a lot of duress uh, this week. And I like the Niners here, boys. Niners minus one and a half. Money line, one and a half. Give it to me both. Blaine, what do you think? Yeah, your point, it was one and one, and I was going to make the Chiefs. I mean, what they did to Bosa last week was a master class of offensive performance. They made him a non-factor, and I don't think the Rams have the ability to do that. And 
you know, contrary to that point, the Chiefs, I mean, threw it across the yard on a secondary that was seemingly good. So are um, the Rams out of a bye able to draw something up? And McVay is good against Shannon. No, they're not going to be. I, I really like the 49ers to get McCaffrey going a lot of bit. I heard a stat that um, basically, you know, used, using McCaffrey, they didn't know what to expect out of him. Out of the backfield, he was wide open five times there's some kind of weird stat and then and jimmy missed him wide open every single time um kind of on that check down or wide open i think they can hit that i think they use mccaffrey a lot more in space san francisco has way way more firepower and i don't see how they don't go into los angeles and win this i love one and a half i love the small line i'll go san francisco such a contrast to last week because i blaine and i were on opposite ends of things. And I think for the most part, we have been in lockstep here and, and same with you, Chandler. I, I mean, with the track record, this one and a half is way too small. It's got like my, you know, I'm a little sus of what Vegas knows here. They just think it's going to be a close game. And I, I, I was not that impressed with San Francisco. I think that Jimmy is ultimately what's going to be the end of them. Like he has been, but, Man, it's it looks gross in Los Angeles for the Rams. So, you know, not not that much to add. I'll I'll take San Francisco here. Um, and that point you made, uh, Blaine, about the, the what the Chiefs said to Bosa is, is so true. I mean, and it just goes to show you, like a lot of time, like you can you can use a player's strengths against them, right? At prime example, two plays against Bosa. The Clyde touchdown, right? They kind of just shoo him along. Um, and because Bosa can knife in there like like n- nearly nobody else can. And they knew, like, he was going to be on Wiley, so they let him just jump right past him, and then Clyde gets by him. And then on that screen pass, right, like, multiple times you had used McKinnon to chip Bosa. And then on that play right there where they're least expecting it, right, you fake the chip and it goes to McKinnon. So, yeah, that was a great point that I wanted to chime in on. I don't, I don't think the Rams can do that, and I think the Niners can beat him here. Interesting matchup, a matchup that nobody in the entire world of football saw coming. The 6-1 and one New York Giants travel west to take on the 4-3 and three Seattle Seahawks. Um, I think this could be the best game of the Sunday, guys. I really do. Uh, both these teams playing well above expectations. This Giants team refusing to lose these games and have completely bought into Brian Dable and what he's brought with him from Buffalo. Um, they're just finding ways to win, and really both teams are. Uh, I know Seattle has a few more losses, but um, I like what I see from Geno Smith and the Seattle team. Now, I do think they take a big hit, not going to have DK. Um, obviously, when you have a weapon like that, who the Chiefs could have, and Nicole stinks. But the Seahawks um, at home – I don't mind the what can somebody what's the number here for this one? I don't I don't see it. Seattle's favored by three. Yeah. Seattle favored by three. I don't love. I'm gonna take the Giants plus three, but I do think Seattle can win this game. Um I think it could come down. I really think that game could push. I really see it being like a three-point game. Like maybe the Giants miss a field goal at the end of the regulation or something. Um I think it's gonna be a great game between two teams who are hungry and who believe right now in each other and i think that's awesome to see given the giants plus the points um it's a toss-up though who wins this game really uh who's first blaine here or johnny i think it's johnny 
Um, I didn't know who it was, but I, I'll take Seattle minus three here. It's the only matchup this week between teams with winning records. And if I would have told you that before the season, you would have looked at me like I was freaking Sasquatch. Like this is, I cannot believe this. There, these teams are combined ten and four. It's ridiculous. I wouldn't even think they would have combined for ten wins throughout the entire season before this. And it's just, it's just awesome for both of these teams and and for their fans. Um, Daniel Jones over a hundred yards rushing last game. Brian Dable's done a great job making it so he's not losing you games. But Daniel Jones has five game-winning drives this year. And so now the Giants are going to be in a weird position. I think ultimately it's already been made. They're going to move on from him. They didn't pick up his fifth-year option, and I think that's the primary indicator that you're going to try for a new quarterback. But with the way that they're winning, they're not going to be picking anywhere where they can get somebody young. So maybe they're looking at a free agent or something like that. But I digress. I think the difference in this game is actually going to be Kenneth Walker. No shot at Saquon Barkley, but Kenneth Walker was amazing last weekend. I think he can have enough of an impact this week for Seattle to cover the three, although that's really close. I, I think for me that the the way that I would want to play this would be in like a three-point teaser to get this down to a pick on the Seattle side and then look at some other games. But just for the content, I'll take Seattle minus three. You know, I, I think I got to stick to my guns in the fact that, I mean, I've been hard on the fact that I think the Giants are not as good as they are. I think the Jets are not as good as they are. Seattle has proved they have they can win games by multiple possessions and put away some games, um, not early, but within, you know, within striking distance of of winning big within a second half. The Giants had no business beating the – I said this last week. They had no business beating the Ram, the Ravens. They had no business beating the Jaguars. The Jaguars turned the ball over twice on the red zone and then got to the one-yard line to win the game last week. And we're the better team. And, and I just don't – you know, if the Giants can keep turning people over, I love the Giants. But I think what Seattle at home with that crowd – and their momentum, I love the Kenneth Walker play. He's He's been awesome this year. But, oh. man, this game is really tough because I haven't watched enough in Seattle to make a bet on this, but I'm going to bet Seattle. Seattle gets the point. Seattle at home. I'm going to stick to that the Giants aren't as good as, as everybody thinks they are. I said this last week real quick. Like, I'm, I've bet on Seattle, I think, every week but one this season. And – I they are so dangerously close to if the Falcons screw me this week and the, the, the Seahawks cover this week, they will be the Johnny Rose Seahawks and the Falcons will join the, the, the Jaguars in, in hell. So the, it's not that impressive, right? Like they've beaten the Broncos. They got blown out by the 49ers. They lost to the Falcon. They lost to the Falcons. They beat the Lions in a crazy game, like 48-45. Then they lost to the, to the Saints. Then they beat the Cardinals, and they beat the Chargers. Like It's not like they're world beaters, and every game is weird. I think this game can be weird. That's, yeah. that's why I like Seattle here. Yeah. yeah, this game could be really weird. And I think Seattle's a lot more. I'm glad you went down the schedule because that made me think of who the Giants have played. I mean, what, uh, the Cowboys, the Panthers, the Bears, the Bad Packers – the bad Ravens and the Jaguars. I mean, I, I think Seattle can come out and 
and kind of be a team that probably maybe they haven't seen, which sounds weird, but it could be a fact. Good, good point. Speaking of the bad Green Bay Packers, they go on the road Sunday night football, Green Bay at Buffalo. Don't really need to spend much time on this because this is a horrible spot for the Packers, having a really shitty loss against the Commanders last week where they just looked inept. And now you're getting ready to run into 1A and 1B in the NFL. They're probably 1A right now. They do have the the win over the Chiefs. Best team in the NFL um, off of a bye, I believe. So this is a really terrible spot for the Green Bay Packers to be in. I think this is going to be a blowout Buffalo Bills. Um, I'm curious to hear what you guys have to say, if I'm wrong or not. But I, I don't see how I could be wrong here. Blaine? I do this once a week. Oh, God. I, I stick my neck out once a week. Oh, and God. They, and they're, the games are so bad this week. I, I just want to say that. Every, this this podcast may suck because all these games are that bad. You can't make yeah. bad matchups fun. You just, it's impossible to do. But Green Bay, 11 points. Rodgers has never been um, an underdog by this many points in prime time in his entire career. But then, I, you know what, I start thinking, like, man, I'm looking at the numbers of this. The Packers had zero, zero third-down conversions last week. They didn't convert a single one. That is awful, and I think it's a lot on Matt LaFleur more than it is on Rodgers and his weapons and what they're doing. You got Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon at running back, and you can't use them. They have been horrible through the ground, and they're blaming their young wide receiving core with Aaron Rodgers. I think it's an epitome of an excuse that Green Bay is not better than they are right now, and they have some real reality checks that are going on in this locker room, in the film room this week. They're going to Buffalo in prime time. Aaron Rodgers is loud in that locker room. Prove it or lose it. I mean, somebody's got to show up. He's basically put out there that 20%, what do you say, 20% or something like that, 20% of the plays that they made have been because of young, dumb mistakes. That's the reason they haven't converted well. These young guys got to prove something here. 11 points is a lot. I think Rodgers just has something in him to keep it close, and I think LaFleur is going to throw the book at Buffalo. I don't think Green Bay has a shot at winning, but I like him to cover. Wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Uh, I think Buffalo is going to blow him out of the water. I really do. I, 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 I cannot believe Rodgers is saying some of the stuff that he is saying. He's Like you said, he's going on Pat McAfee, and I, I don't – have the exact quote either blame but he's basically saying that we are making double the amount of mental mistakes and and poor route running and stuff like that like then we made last year and then he comes back and he says like and he's like i'm actually playing good football my coordinator told me that i had the highest grade that i've had all season after the game that he just lost to taylor heineke so it's like i i i i think I think this has a recipe to get really bad. I mean, I don't think Bakhtiari is going to play. You have no idea if he is going to play. Like, is he going to play the whole game? Who knows? And the receivers, you know, to Rogers' credit, I guess, are awful. Sammy is Sammy Hamstring Watkins again. Randall Cobb looks old. I are. Yeah. Oh, is that right? I didn't even know I, that. I yet. believe so, so. So he's hurt. 
Uh, Romeo Dubs, Dubs, whatever his name is, didn't have a single catch last week. He's been completely phased out after being like a preseason darling. Is Christian Watson even playing? I mean, everything is going to either Robert Tunyon or to these running backs. And A.J. Dillon hasn't been good either. I think that this just has a recipe. I, I, Blaine, I think that your 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 line of thinking is not like awful. I, I just I think that the Bills are going to win, but that is a lot of points. Rodgers has never been a double digit dog in his whole career, yeah. so so he has a chance here in this one. But I I I, I think Buffalo is the play. Yeah, I mean they're the better team by a mile, but you know I really like this next three game stretch for the Bills. And you know, kind of take a look at this, and I'd love to get your guys' thoughts. Packers here, then they go to New York Jets, and then Vikings at home. Those are fun. Those are a fun three that I'm yeah. really excited about. But the just something about me that, that the Bills are just on cloud nine after beating the Chiefs, and we saw that game. They didn't look phenomenal. They have the chance to to blow the Chiefs out, and they didn't. They couldn't. I just don't know. You know, I don't know. I I think the Buffalo Bills, to your point, they could blow them out if they get pressure in Rodgers' face with that D line. Packers O line is horrible. It could be a blowout that way, but. Something about me just thinks LaFleur's got to do something here. And if he doesn't, they're friggin' burnt toast. That place will be loud on Sunday night. You know that for a yeah. fact. Um, boys, let's wrap up the show. Monday Night Football, Halloween. Anybody put on a costume this year? Johnny? Two, two orange teams. Yeah. And Cincinnati kind of looks like Halloween. Johnny, I oh, you know what? Johnny C, first Halloween, trick-or-treating. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. I'll let you guys know when we figure something out. I, I don't know. We, we have like two neighbors in Rogersville. So uh, I don't know if, you know, we're supposed to go up for a wedding this weekend. So maybe we'll do like a little fun thing with my parents, something like that. But with Halloween being on Monday, I don't think the trick-or-treating will happen, but we'll certainly dress him up. But you'll have to check in on the IG for those pictures. I can't be spoiling it. Come on. True. Very true. Cincinnati goes to Cleveland, AFC North. Big time matchup. Uh, Cleveland, bad. Defensively horrible. Um, not for sure why they're not trying to just lean on Chubb and Hunt a lot more than they are, but for some reason I feel like Jacoby Reset's still trying to like win them games somehow. Um, frankly, because they've been behind in so many games. But I think this is a great spot for Cincinnati having to go on the road here. Monday Night Football, you get the extra day. Um, Bengals seem to be really clicking right now. And quite honestly, they might be all the way back and ready. I mean, they started slow, but nothing over the last couple of weeks shows me any, any real sign of weakness about Cincinnati. I heard this on Cal on Cowherd on Monday, I think when he did, his, he does his herd hierarchy or yeah, herd hierarchy. The Cincinnati Bengals defense has not allowed a second half touchdown all season. I mean, that is wildly absurd. All season, not a team has scored in the second half on this defense. Um, I see that continuing um, this week against the Cleveland Browns. I have the Bengals here all day, Johnny. Um, I like the Bengals, too. I saw this. Burrow has an – I think he's 0-3 against the Browns in his career, which is strange to me. Um. Must have been, I think that, that first year when he got injured, he must have missed one of the games. But he's balling right now. The Bengals are balling. And 
yeah, Cowherd was saying that he is dangerously close to putting Burrow up in the Mahomes and Allen tier of quarterbacks because he believes those two guys have separated. I'm not ready to put Joe there yet, but he's he is playing some really good football. Um, and, and yeah, I, I, I like the Bengals a lot here. Um, I will check back in where this line is on Monday. Uh, we, you know, we're five days away from that game. So uh, I, I don't know, guys, how bad is Cleveland? I mean, Cleveland is, again, a total joke. And if you're a Browns fan, like, how are you really feeling about this? Because you're two and five. Jacoby is still going to be the quarterback. Deshaun comes back in week 12, I believe. I believe that to be right because it's in – they play Houston, oddly yeah. enough, the first game he comes back. But what I'm getting at is you stink, you're underperforming. <clears throat> Kevin Stefanski was recently the coach of the year and not coaching like it right now. And when you do get Deshaun back – doesn't it feel gross? Doesn't that feel gross? Like you're getting a guy back with that many allegations or that many, I don't know, guy. you know what I'm saying? Like, doesn't this feel yeah. really bad in Cleveland? And it's it's been bad for a long time. Yeah, it just feels like one of those things where it's like, yeah, we have Deshaun back, but like if he doesn't turn it around immediately, like he's not going to have any time to settle in. Like if he's not good in week 12, they're going to turn on him so fast because he's a scumbag. <laughs> Blaine and he was he was bad he was bad in preseason sorry Blaine and it'd be like you know okay sick like uh, well you know he was out for the first six games and the Chiefs are three and three but Ray Rice is coming back in in week seven like oh sick like you know yeah there's been a lot of fucked up shit said about Deshaun and he's just like a weirdo perv who likes getting tugged off and after a massage and being weird to, I don't know. Fuck Cleveland. I can't stand. Yeah, I can't. Yeah. I don't get me started on all that. But the weird thing about this game might be, if I'm trying to make this interesting, guys, is that Cleveland's pass defense is pretty good. Best pass defense that Cincinnati's seen in four or five weeks at least when you're looking down their schedule. So um, Cleveland's allowed the third least completions from the yard um, of any of any defense in the NFL. So you know, can Cincy really get going through the air on a Monday night in Cleveland against teams that don't like each other at all? I could see it getting a little mucky, and that's why Vegas, you know, <laughs> you, you look at the, you look at this game at three and a half. Like Cincinnati should be favored by a lot more than three and a half. So will I go Browns here? No, but but something about me just says that, that you know it could be a, a last possession game because Cleveland's kept every single game they played close, it seems like. I mean, especially especially late. Guys, what do, what, what do I do here? I, it's, I really kind of want to go Cleveland. I really kind of do, but. You're going to bet Jacoby, Blaine? Like, you're going to put real money on Jacoby? No, I, what, what I think is going to happen, I don't give a shit about the quarterbacks because Cleveland is going to run, 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 and try to drop eight and see what Burrow does and see if they can get Mixon going. And it's going to be a weird game because of that. And you've seen when that's happened. They played Baltimore close in that horrible game because that's what Baltimore did. And whenever teams do that to Burrow, Falcons have the worst pass defense in the NFL. Predicted it last week that they were going to blow them out the drawers because Burrow could six-step drop and make a baby back there. He's not going to be able to do that against the Browns. 
So, you know, like I said, it's just a weird matchup. And these two teams hate each other on a Monday night where it just, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know. I'll go Cleveland here because oh no, no, I'll go Cincinnati because the Cleveland and the, the flopping. The no, flipping no, and flopping. No, no, flip flop, flip flop, flip flop. I just I just pulled this up. The lowest ticket is thirty dollars in Cleveland. Crowd's not gonna be that wild on a Monday night. Let's go, let's go, Bengals. There you have it, boys and girls. NFL week eight in the books on the figure it out pod right around the corner for us to uh to watch and study and learn as this league is ever so confusing. Johnny Rowe, do you have a final thought for us before we get off of here? Yeah, I do. Um and before I get to it, be sure to listen to us on Fridays. Um from four to six on ESPN's uh, Springfield station, uh, 96.9 The Jock. Uh, you can follow that on Twitter, Facebook. You can stream us live on 969thejock.com. Chandler will unfortunately not be uh, there. He's got to work, but Blaine will join me for the full two hours. We'll talk college football. We'll talk NFL. Um, I'll talk a little baseball, but the World Series doesn't start until Friday night. So uh, we'll just preview that. But it should be a bunch of fun. And again, from four to six on 969thejock.com, you can stream us. And then my final thought is enjoy the bye week. Enjoy this. Relax. Take in football around the league. Take in how the Chiefs really won't be in that many media circles discussions. Because now it's time to go after this. You are five and two. And I'm just going to read off the remaining schedule. Home versus Titans. Home versus Jaguars at Chargers, who will not have Mike Williams, it looks like, in that game. He had a high ankle sprain. Um, home versus the Rams at the Bengals, at the Broncos, at the Texans. Home versus the Seahawks, home versus the Broncos, at the Raiders. I mean, there is AFC West matchups in there. There are NFC West matchups in there. There's the Bengals where you can go avenge the two losses from last year. And then there's the freaking Rams coming to your place in there. There are so many big games for the Chiefs going forward. We will have so much to say about those games. And, guys, I can't wait. Because as Bl you know, Blaine was saying earlier, I was not that impressed with the Bills either. Chandler, you've said that too. And <laughs> – I know I'm a homer. I know I'm a Chiefs fan. I'm not – I'm betting on them to win every freaking game, especially come January. Let's go, Chiefs. All right, boys. We'll talk to you next week. Appreciate you guys hopping on here. Listen to us on the radio, 96.9 The Jock. In Springfield, Missouri, Johnny Blaine. Appreciate it. Have a good one. Go, Chiefs. See you.